And welcome back to another edition of City View with Mayor Tom Koch. A podcast, Quincy podcast is what it is. And that's what you want to search for when you're looking on your podcast platform, whether you're hearing this on Facebook or on our Twitter feed. You can also find us on your favorite podcast platform. Just search podcast Quincy and you'll find this show and about 40 other shows over the past (laughs) weeks. What it is, you're getting it straight from the mayor's mouth. Every single week we sit in the mayor's office and we talk about three or four or five six, ten issues, and uh, it's a nice sort of consumable bit that you can grab and find out what's happening in the city right now. And, Mayor, how are you doing? I'm doing well, Mark. Nice doing to well. see you on this beautiful... Another beautiful day in February. In February. What is right. up with this? Right. This, this is, is good. This is good. Every day closer to spring. I'll tell you, this is the warmest winter ever. It's okay with me. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> complaining. Compl- I am not either. Saving some heating bills. We're saving money on snow there's, removal. There's Speck of snow out the window right now on this vast, huge window. So let's just get right into it. We have a few things to talk about today. Uh, we're going to talk about early voting. Tell us what. Tell the folks what that's all about. Early voting. Well, we've certainly um, peer, people are probably getting weary of the presidential stuff on the TV for the last two years. Weary? What do you uh, mean? I don't know. Well, that's one term. I mean, um, <laughs> but at any rate, our presidential primary in Massachusetts is March third. That's the primary election for, obviously, the party stuff. If you're unenrolled like me, you get to pick which one you want to grab, which ballot, and you can stay as an, as an unenrolled. But what the state started a few years ago is a thing called early voting. So from February 24th, it's a Monday through Friday the 28th, from 8.30 a.m. to 4 p.m., you can vote early at Quincy City Hall. It's run by uh, Nicole Crispo, the city clerk, and, and her department. Uh, so it just allows people more opportunity to get the vote in if you're away that day or if you're working late and you want to get it done so you make sure you don't miss, uh, it's an opportunity. So again, early voting February 24th to 28th in anticipation of the March 3rd presidential primary. That's the only thing on the ballot is the presidential primary. It's the, you know, the other is the regular state primary in September, which will have the Marky Kennedy race, um, state senators, state reps, county seats will all be on that one. Um, so this is the one that be four years that's a separate. There's other party issues on there. There could be the state committee on there as well as um, uh, the ward committees and so forth. But there's no other elective office as far as the government goes on that day. It's purely the presidential primary. I've, I've often laughed and kidded. You know, this, this is the time of year I really miss my friend Steve McGrath. Oh, yeah. Steve, who was a city solicitor, he was my yeah. HR director, a dear friend, and a great political thinker. And uh, we had a lot of laughs and we had a lot of conversations around these times when, you know, the presidential primaries, elections, the State of the Union, we'd go on, we'd talk about those things. Um, so I, I think of him a lot. I miss him, but uh, I'd love to get his thoughts on the on the Democratic field right now. I would love to get his thoughts on the Iowa caucus. <laughs> well, <laughs> <laughs> that worked out really well. Well, the State of the Union, which we'll talk about later, but yeah. yeah. So anyway, I encourage people, uh, look, the polls are open for uh, at the regular election and on primary days from 7 in the morning to 8 at night. That's a pretty good opportunity. Yeah. We have 24 different precincts in the city. It's, you know, So it, it couldn't be any easier for people to get out and cast your ballot. What, you know, Whatever your ballot may be, whatever your choice may be, this is a terrific, not to sound corny, but what a right and privilege we have in this country to have that. I mean, there's people all over the world that would love to have the opportunity, and they don't. So we take it for granted here, I know, but certainly encourage people to get out and vote. Now, Steve McGrath and I would both agree that, to, to a large degree, you vote in Massachusetts is kind of canceled out in some de- because it's just assumed in, in the final that it's going to be a Democratic uh, elected president from right. Massachusetts. So, But, you know, it, it's still, it's still uh, something people should uh, take seriously, and I think take advantage of and get out and vote. 
And it's a multi. It's it kicks off in Manchester, New Hampshire next week. But I know that that's Massachusetts primary early primary is, is a sort of a multi-state primary too. There's a few other states around the area. Yeah, and then believe. it gets. Uh, I think um, after New Hampshire goes South Carolina or or Nevada. Or yeah, that's two, right. And then they have Super Tuesday. So it's it's interesting. Interesting times. It's a it good sure is. A good time not sure to have is. an election year for us. So we already had that, thank goodness, and we have four more years. So again. This will be fun to watch and fun to see. So uh, moving on, uh, we wanted to talk about something that has been in the news a little bit here locally in Quincy. And it's a funky little issue, but, uh, you know, the Beachcomber is a place that I'm very fond of as I've played there many, many times with my band Dick and Jane over the years. It's this place that's been sitting there, and I know that the council had recommended the city to purchase that. Beachcomber was there for a long time, had a lot of history. I, I don't know that I was in there maybe once. I just, that wasn't my thing. Really? Um, but uh, Jamie McKettrick ran it down there for years. A great guy, great family. And I know a lot of great uh, acts, you know, performed there. So my uncle it, sang there in 1964. He was, was that right? There, yeah. Wow. How did he do? He was great. My uh, Jimmy remembered him exactly who he was. He loved his voice. Yeah. Uncle hmm. Bob Carey, great guy, still around. He's is that where fantastic. you get your talent? I, I believe it is. He's oh. he's my idol. He's my my singing idol. To be honest with you, my uncle Bob. He's he's doing great too. Good for him. Yeah. Good for him. There's, as as some people may know, there's been a couple of starts and fits and stops down there at that site. It's been sold. Um, developers tried to do a couple different things. The neighborhood wasn't really happy with it. It's running into some issues at the state because of its location. We've got, and this this is what I think is driving Council Phelan, Council Chuck Phelan, who brought this resolve into the city council for the city to look at buying it, purchasing it, keeping it as open space. A lot of people may not be familiar with that area, but when you cross Quincy Shore Drive from the beach and you go to the opposite side, the beachcomber land is up a little bit, right, but right behind it's called the Strand area. And it's it's very low. We've got pump stations in there to help with drainage because it's it's extremely low and susceptible and vulnerable to major storm surges and storm events. So, you know, uh, we're going to do some analysis. I appreciate uh, Councilor Phelan uh, raising this. Uh, we'll take some uh, take a hard look at it from the engineering side, the environmental side, and see if this can help us uh, with some of those challenges we do have. Uh, you get a lot of people talking about uh, climate change and sea level rise and. And, uh, you know, does it make sense to build something there and make things worse, I guess would be one question. So I've already instructed our engineering team, we're looking at it. Okay, how can this be helpful? We're looking at potential funding sources. This is something that perhaps could be funded right out of the hotel tax, uh, community preservation monies. It doesn't have to be funded through the regular taxpayer route. We're taking a good hard look at it, and uh, I'll be talking to Council Phelan in more detail about it, and then we'll, get, we'll make a decision. So uh, that is an interesting sort of a unique spot. So I get that. That's I appreciate you kind of filling us in on that. But it does open up to the larger question. And there was a big article in the Patriot Ledger. I don't know, big, but there was an article in the Patriot Ledger that was both positive and a little bit negative. But, you know, every city in town, every city anyway does this at one point or another. They either, uh, you know, they either constitute some properties or land masses require an eminent domain for certain purposes, whether it's development or whether it's Mm -hmm. for school purposes or whatever. So the city has purchased a lot of land over the years, like a lot of other cities do, and like Boston did, as the article also pointed out. So right. I want to explain a little bit about some of the properties that we've done and what our, what that's all about. Yeah, sure. Um, well, first of all, many of, the, uh, many of the properties were not taken by eminent domain. Uh, many of them were taken in what's called the friendly taking. Eminent domain is a tool that allows government, if you've got a homeowner or a, a landowner or a business owner that the city's interested, for example, when the MBTA brought the red line through, there were land takings to, to take care of uh, putting in public transportation system. It has a public purpose. 
We took some land in the downtown to advance our economic plan, which over time provides more jobs, more taxes, better quality of life for the people of the city. If you go back and look at some of these individual purchases, and by the way, there were, there were public meetings on every one of them. City council voted on every one of them. Creedenfield's a good example. North Quincy High School uh, was built originally back in, uh, back in the 30s, uh, late 20s, I think. There were several additions put on the high school during the course of the decades that subsequent to the first piece of the building that went up. If you look at North Quincy High today, if you look straight ahead at the main door and just see that flat front, that was the original piece. Then they put the wings on it, and you see that kind of angle off to each side. And then in, the, in 1960, they built the new gym. That came down. Uh, then they built, there was Oliver Street in the back, uh, Hunt Street's in the back. Oliver Street was taken when they did the addition back in the late 70s to do that for, the for, again, a public purpose. Unfortunately, they left the gas station on the corner of Hancock and, and uh, Hunt Street, which I, I, you know, I don't think yeah. was great planning. But, you know, those are decisions. You can always look back and, and question somebody. You know, the old saying, hindsight's, you know. Yeah, 2020, yeah. You get it. So, But looking at that whole area, look at North Quincy High School. We built a brand new, beautiful Quincy High School. It's got a beautiful park in front of it, beautiful new track on the other side of it. Uh, I felt out of an equity fairness issue that it was time to deal with North. North was like a, a postage stamp. It was jammed in. Not enough parking even for staff. Visitors coming to the school, where, where were you going to park? And, uh, you know, tight for everything. So we took a hard look at it, made a recommendation, held public meetings at North, met, went with, met with the council, and we came up with what is now Creedon Field. Now, the field was there. It was an old pond, Teal Pond was, was there. It was filled in back in the 70s when Walter Hannon was mayor. And then, of course, um, you know, that when the school was expanding before they built the addition, there was a metal building. We called it the Teal Building teal when building, we were in yeah. high school. Sure. Uh, we had uh, business and uh, typing and stuff in that building space. Yeah. And, and then they used the other little building behind. It was called the Little Building. Yeah, I had uh, right. geometry in it with Al Habib. Wow. I had Doc Ryder in the, in the metal building on the Teal Building. <laughs> but they were built because of the overcrowding at the time of the original North Quincy High School. So they kept doing these things, and, and they were really just patches. They weren't permanent solutions. So they did the addition, and you get on Hunt Street uh, at the time. It was really passable. So we made the decision. We met with the, the landowners, met with the school, and we bought nine homes on Hunt Street and on Newbury Avenue. And so we added to what was there from the original Teal Field and built around it. The field was there originally, engineered a whole new program, so the parking lot now that is there off of Hunt Street is it holds more than 130 cars, That's great. which serves the school. The gymnasium is right there. Yeah. Games, activities in the school. You now have a decent parking lot to, to work with, and it's a beautiful field, uh, the Creedon Field, which is named for the Creedons. Um, the father was a a deputy fire chief. He served in both World War One, World War Two. Lived right on Kendall Street. Raised a big family. Many of them went to education. Two of them were superintendents of schools here in Quincy, and so. I think it has added tremendously to that North Quincy High School and really create a little bit of a campus feel. So, you know, I'm proud of what we did at Quincy High. I'm proud of what we did at North. But we're a built-out city. So when you go to do these things, you, you, you know, you, you got to crack some eggs, you know, the old saying. And uh, we, you know, every one of those homes, by the way, were going into the floodplain, the new maps issued by FEMA. They were going to be paying flood insurance. I've heard from a number of them who said, that it was inconvenient at the time, but they're so happy now in their new home. They're not dealing with the high school traffic that were blocking their driveway and events and things. It was just too tight, Mark, you know? So that's that's a project we took nine homes for, and I'm proud of it. We, you know, we made a great. 
a, a tremendous improvement, not only for the high school, but youth programs use that field. It's another lit facility. It's got the synthetic turf for lacrosse and soccer and football. We got to continue to provide the greatest opportunities for our kids growing up, with both educationally and athletically. And uh, it provides for, uh, it makes a great city. You know, you, you got to have things to attract good families, to uh, have a great city, provide these great services. It keeps the values up, et cetera, et cetera. So that was, a, that was, a, that was an excellent one, I thought. One that was more recent was St. Mary's in West Quincy. Uh, a number of years ago, the convent on Crescent Street was sold off, which is now condominiums. And the school, which is, uh, again, on Crescent Street, right near St. Mary's Church, the school's still on the site. Backs up to St. Mary's Cemetery there. It's a nice lot of land. And I know that down the road, we'd be looking probably for a new schoolhouse to serve that part of our city. Exactly. When, when Two and a Half was implemented back in 1982, 11 schools were closed citywide. And I think West Quincy took a bit of a, a hit. You had Gridley Bryant. You know, you had the Willard School over there. So people that currently live on the other side of the expressway go all the way to Montclair School or take the kids to Montclair School. So you know, the old saying, Will Rogers said it, buy land because they ain't making any more of it. No matter what you do in this, in this role that I mean, you get criticized. God forbid we do good planning. This is good planning. <laughs> so we can't afford to build a school today Right. Uh, we got squandered ahead of that. We're, gonna, we're dealing with as we speak, and we're going to get that done. But if we didn't capture that property, purchase that property, what would go there? And and in a few years down the road, if we wanted to build a school, where would it go? The cost would be that much higher because you'd be building something with existing uses on it that would have to be taken. They'd have a value. You'd pay a lot more under the law because of you know you, if there was say for example, Mark, you you bought some buildings that were businesses were in where well, you got to pay for the value of the building, and then you got to move the businesses, help them relocate. It gets very costly to do those things. So to me, that was an excellent example of us thinking forward, thinking about down the road. And you know what? The school committee, if they decided not to do an elementary school for that part of our city, which I'm kind of feeling it should be, it could be a number of other possible educational facilities. It could be a, a, a whole preschool that serves part of the city. It could be a special ed center. It could be a number of things that... Uh, that would serve the city well. So now in the meantime, by the way, somebody asked me the other day, what do you do in the meantime? We are putting on a more than 30 firemen in the coming days. We got a safer grant from the federal government. Thank you, Congressman Lynch, for your help with it. Uh, Senator Markey, for your help with it. And so we're putting on a lot of firemen. So we are going to be running our own academy. So the rectory is being used for the classroom use. The school is going to be used for all kinds of exercises firemen have to go through. Uh, in situations. And of course, we'll go to Moon Island for the burn situations where the fire academy is for Boston. So um, so that's giving us an, an, an interim use. It's going to save us time and money and efficiency waiting for state academy. They, they could not take nearly the number of guys we had. Great use. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's perfect use in the meantime. So, you know, th- these are the things you think about long term. I know it's easy to be critical. And I know there's a certain council, if I said black, she'd say white. If I said it's snowing, she says, no, it's sunny out. I mean, it's just the way it is. Yeah. And it's easy to take shots at things from the sidelines. And I get it. Hey, I got a thick skin. I got plenty of it. I'm not worried about that. But I stand behind every decision we made. Now, the downtown is moving forward uh, in a great way. We've, we're seeing tremendous economic development down here. We're seeing new residency. This year, we're going to break ground on a beautiful new medical building with Brigham Women as, as the flagship in that yeah. building. Are you kidding me? This yeah, is good stuff. This is great. But, but you gotta, you got to make the, the decisions and make land available and to make this stuff happen. So the first piece was the Hancock lot side. We had to create the value there. Obviously, us building a garage. And then, of course, we, we took the, 
the corner stores on the corner of Chestnut and uh, Cottage. A lot of people growing up in Quincy you might remember Hanlon Shoes that had clothes, sure. but we used to go there for shoes. Yeah. You, had, you had some small merchants in there. It wasn't anything to look at. The building wasn't very pretty. And it certainly was undervalued because the land it's sitting on was far more valuable than what the building was. So, you know, and I get it. You know, um, some people don't like change. I get that. Some people, no matter what I do, because of who I am, they don't like me. They, some of them hate me. And hey, I, 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 that's, that's you're right. Um, and then there's those that don't like to spend a dollar. They don't want to see their taxes go up one dollar. Uh, and then the fir- they're the first to squawk when the you know services aren't what they should be or this or that. It's the old saying about you know somebody approaches the mayor. Um, uh, can you help my kid get a job? I suppose it's all political. <laughs> it's only political if the other kid got the job, right? You know what I mean? Right, so, right. so, you know, yeah. everyone has a right to their opinion. I get it. We have a, we have a city that we have an engaged citizenry, and, and, and I, I certainly get that. And I, there's nine duly elected city councils. They're going to do their diligence, do their job, and, and I respect them for that. I get, you know, we got the school committee. And, so we work together to try to advance and move our city forward. And you know what? And I'll say this at the res- at the at the Risk of sounding like I'm bragging. I don't mean to brag. I say this when I, and I say this, we, we in Quincy are the envy of most of the old cities in Massachusetts. They would love to have a piece of what we go going on. All the downtown purchases, by the way, are funded by the taxes in the downtown. It's called the DIF program, district improvement financing. So all the work being done here, all this new value we created, Mark, even without building a new building because of what we've done, the Hancock Adams common, for example, the president's place building, which Quincy College is in, yeah. has gone up $30 million in value over the last few years. Amazing. $30 million in value. Wow. We capture some of that value in the new taxes that they pay in the downtown that helps us to fund these improvements in the downtown. I've said this at nauseam to, to people over the years because they, they think their taxes are going uh, toward that. And if we didn't do anything in the downtown, the downtown was continuing on a decline you're losing taxes because the value was going down. It was it was a loser on the books, if you will, when it comes to the real estate ledger and the levy. So, you know, I, I'm proud of all the work we've done, and uh, I think we put ourselves as a city in a great position. You know, and you and you gotta you gotta do these things. You just you, you know, you can't sit back and wait for things to happen. You know, I, I think it was. Um, which a, like, a lot a lot of politicians have done that over the years. We don't want. I mean, they've done a good job in other things, but a lot of politicians have done that. Sat back and waited for things to happen. Well, I think it was William Jennings Bryan said, "You know, destiny doesn't happen by chance. It doesn't. You make your own destiny. You create your own destiny. And and uh, look, putting an agenda forward, a program forward, it's always open to criticism, and rightfully so. But part of the role of the chief executive, the mayor of Quincy, is to put that agenda forward, put these plans forward." And then they go before bodies, school committee on the school side. They go before the city council on the city side. Sometimes our state delegations involved. Sometimes our federal delegations involved uh, in a partnership to try to do the best we can for the people of this great city, the greatest city in the Commonwealth. And not because I'm the mayor. It's because of who we are as a people, our historical assets, our cultural assets. What a great city we have. The school system is incredible. We're a safe city. Police and fire do a great job. We're moving Quincy forward, not I, I understand a lot of people don't like change. I get that. But change is inevitable. In fact, the only constant in life is change. You know, I think we, we are doing a good job protecting the neighborhoods and we're, we're advancing development where we ought to be along the spine of the tracks, downtown Quincy, Crown Colony, those are the areas. And by the way, back to the tax thing, I know I've said it a million times, I'll say it again, is that, you know, we fall in the middle of the pack 
in all of Massachusetts on taxes. We're at the top of the heap when it comes to delivering services, when it comes to our school system, when it comes to response to E9 morning, when it comes to library services, when it comes to parks and open spaces, when it comes to veteran services. When it, I, the Secretary of Elder Affairs grabbed me the other day, and she was praising the city both on the leadership of Tom Clasby and what happens at the Kennedy Center, and we're one of the few cities that provides transportation for our elderly. So I don't care how you look at it. Uh, if you if you got a sore back up at 3 in the morning, a lot of communities, you call on Mr. Dynamite or whatever the heck they call them, uh, Quincy, a Kruger's out, clears it for you, uh, and makes it right. So, I mean, we're, we're a great city, and there's, there's, a, there's a cost to that, you know? So we got to maintain uh, that level. But back to the point. I don't um, think you can repeat that, though. You can't say that enough. No, again, no. People I, have to hear it, and it's not bad, it's not bad saying it. We do times. our due diligence. We, we do our work, and we, we're getting a lot done, and, um, you know, uh, we'll, we talked, I know we opened it up a little bit with the, with the uh, Beachcomber site. We'll look at that. We'll make a recommendation to the city council. I may use the hotel tax money for that, which keeps it off of a burden for the taxpayer. You know, perhaps that becomes open space. Uh, it's environmentally good and, and it may help us in, in some of those storm events if we can have an area that uh, could hold some water as well. So I stand behind every one of those purchases. I gladly debate anybody on it anytime, anywhere publicly and talk about the future of our city. It's, it's always that, uh, it seems to be that it's always that one counselor who uh, is never on board on anything. I've never heard her propose anything in my, in my 13 years in government, both the school committee and the council side. Never. It's always been what's wrong, uh, what's negative, catch is too high, this, that, and the other thing. I mean, that's okay, I guess, for the public, if that's who you want representing you. Uh, that's, that's, that goes with the territory. But I don't think that's what you want in the mayor's seat. I think you... I've heard from a lot of people, they're very happy with the direction we're going in. Not everyone's totally happy with everything, but for all the reasons I just stated, uh, we're moving forward. The city's moving forward. We're building a strong future for the next generation. We're building the foundation, incredible education system, and we're on our fourth new school. We're doing a, a special learning center down in Wollaston. And in fact, that counselor, I think she voted present. Pick a side at least, vote up or down. I mean, for crying out loud, it was out there. And, and at the end of the day, it's going to save money on top of providing better services to the families who we serve in the city. So anytime, anywhere, let's do it. <laughs> I think you answered those questions fine. I think we could spend a, an hour on each one of those parcels, and I think that, that was a great answer for a, a very large question. So thank you, Mayor. Uh, and just remind everybody not to worry. By the way, he, let him hear from your mouth not to worry about the coronavirus here in the city of Quincy, Massachusetts. Why do you have a mask on, Mark? What are you, what are you wearing, a wearing a mask on? <laughs> I wear a mask Listen, every day. Listen, I, I talked to Ruth Jones recently, our commissioner of public health, and and, um, and she's on top of the issues well, along with the school nurses. And I know there's some concern. Actually, the, the seasonal flu is, is what's rampant right now, and that's what people are more concerned about, at least the medical community. So, folks, don't panic. I know the, the press likes to hype these things. should always be prepared and made aware of these things, but I, I think it's uh, been way overblown. So, um, obviously, be smart about everything, you know? Be careful when you're out and about and wash your hands a lot. And some people wear a mask. I don't wear one. Um, I'd probably be better looking if I wore one. But <laughs> As we only have a little bit of time left, let's just, uh, I want to just briefly remind folks that uh, this is something that uh, one of your initiatives is, you know, setting up a sort of a, a, a one signature event every single month. And, you know, just because it's February, uh, we're still having our, our Quincy's annual President's Day Family Winterfest. It is on Saturday, February 15th from noon to 5 p.m. Uh, John McDonald has done a fantastic job of booking some great entertainment that day. So, oh, McDonald. 
Well, McDonald, let's let's do let's sing it for him because he listens to this podcast every week. <laughs> there is a rain date, God forbid, snow date on Sunday, February sixteenth. But there's going to be all kinds of great things happening. You really want to bring the family down. This is a great event, folks. If you haven't had a chance, we get thousands of people to come to this every year, and uh, just dress warm and come to enjoy some great music, some great uh, ki- things for the kids and for the adults. The Hive beer truck and, and wine will be here as much as well. So going to pay for that, but everything else is free, correct? That's right. That's right. It's all good. That's it. That's going to be on the fifteenth and just. Final thoughts, Mayor. You know, we just watched the uh, the president's speech at the State of the Union address last night, and your just thoughts overall on the political yeah, I, climate. Yeah, you know, no matter who the president is, I, I always enjoy watching that. You know, it, it uh, to see the president speaking to the two houses of Congress, uh, the House of Representatives and the Senate, Senate of course, it's always fascinating. Um, I thought the Speaker of the House was having a stroke at one point. She was the faces she was making. She she she. I'd love to play poker with her. She uh, made faces. I didn't notice. She, I did. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, look at no matter how you feel about the president, we should show the institution, show the show, certainly show the president respect, as we should to con- members of Congress on the other side. I thought some of the stories with some of the people there in the gallery was was amazing uh, last night. I thought it reminds us of who we are. Reminds us uh, that uh, we have far more in common as Americans than we do that divides us. I, I would hope that at some point we we become less less divisive and and can find common ground so we can get the job done for uh, for the people of America. And I and I would suggest that uh, we do it very well in Massachusetts. Uh, we're we're a very democratic state. We've had years with with Republican governors. Uh, Jolly Baker is one of those we have right now, and he gets along very well with both the House and the Senate. Don't agree on everything, but everyone's respectful. And we get stuff done. I mean, that's at the end of the day, that's what we want. So God bless this country. I'm blessed to be the mayor of the city and uh, look forward to next week, Mark, as we uh, try to share the issues. We carry on. Civility and dignity always. Thank you, Mayor. We'll see you next time here on City View with Mayor Tom Koch. Podcast Quincy Podcast. See you next time, folks. <laughs>